Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in a topical study with special guest teacher Joel Ortega from Jesus is the Way Calvary Chapel here in the south side of San Antonio, Texas. The title of this sermon is Be Courageous, and we'll be in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 9. Here is the second half of this two-part study. The first time it became apparent to me was again in 2020 when you know, a famous rapper went, I don't mind saying his name, Lecrae, said that aligned with the you know BLM stuff and he made a white person clean his shoes in public and being live streamed. And I'm like, really? Sponsored by Chick-fil-A? Now, I'm not, I'm not here to trash any of these companies. I'm just letting you know because the enemy has put a blind over our eyes. And to some, a, a bigger delusion. The Bible talks about the big delusion that we were going to be all blinded to not see. But the Bible also says that hopefully those, and I'm paraphrasing, hopefully those that the, the, the chosen people will not be deceived, the elect. But we haven't, to a degree. And so, our children are being attacked. Now, I mentioned about Target, about Chick-fil-A, and, and, and Lecrae, the rapper. But also, some of us, I used to be a supporter of the Spurs. You know, wokeism and the Spurs. How many times has it happened? Who, who here is a baseball fan? Who likes baseball here? Who likes the Dodgers? You know, the Dodgers, I know they're from California, sorry. They're from California, and, and what were they doing accepting of the perpetual sisters of uh, lust? I can't, can't remember their name. Football. Who doesn't like football, especially here in the countryside, right? What have they done so many times, insulted our country, the flag, what which it stands for, right? Representing this, this godly Christian nation, which was founded back then. Now our children, again, are being castrated in the schools mostly because that's where we send them for eight sometimes 10 hours a day right because they got to learn math they got to learn you know all these other language extracurricular activities and we see it i'm sorry to say that we see it as a free daycare they're going to be fed uh, lunch breakfast and those you know they might they might learn how to add one plus two I know this, even though my kids are not in public school, but I know this because I've spoken to multiple teachers who have left the education system 
and they've shared their stories as to now in the public school system in other schools there are great teachers because I know some of them you all know some of them but the system the system itself is what is corrupt I know at least in the countryside it hasn't gone that bad yet but if you go to the public library at least in downtown San Antonio the big enchilada right that's what they call it the library you go as soon as you walk in what do you see most of the time gay pride or not even gay pride now it's the, the, the alphabet soup stuff and, and then uh, Satanism now being promoted everywhere you look and, and so now you can't get away from it everywhere you go if I were to place this little bottle of water in front of you you're thirsty right you're thirsty we've been outside sitting you know in the heat and you're thirsty I open the bottle it's it's unopened but I put just one, just one drop of poison in it. Would you drink it? Would you drink it knowing that it has just one drop? Look at the bottle. Well, this is what we're doing with our children. We're sending them into this filth. And we're saying, and I know not everybody can, can, can afford private school, Christian schools. I know not everybody is able to do uh, homeschooling. But we parents have a bigger task at home. Not the church. The church is here to reinforce what you are supposed to be teaching them. The school is supposed to teach them, you know, at least, you know, how to spell, how to read, multiplication. And then if they want to go on to, to a higher education, that's different. But our responsibility, our responsibility as parents... And, and husband, dad, don't pass it on to your wife. We're supposed to be the ones who pick up the Bible and read the truth. Simply start by reading one, one chapter. Just, you know, our family, this is what we do uh, during dinner time. We sit down, we're after dinner, we read one chapter. Whatever the chapter it is that we're in, then afterwards we allow to, you know, for the kids to ask questions. What, what does that mean? What is that word? What was happening there? Why did he do that? And, and so on and so on. It's not a formal Bible study. It's just simply reading the word of God. But here's another thing that we've agreed, my wife and I, several years ago, we agreed that we're going to have at least three meals throughout the, way where we're gonna, throughout the week that we're going to sit down together as a family. At least, you know, the whole week happens. But at least three, three meals a day because it's difficult for families that are sometimes both mom and dad are working outside of their home. And even when they're working from home, you're working. And I'm not saying making this up. My children are back there. They can, they can tell you this is what we do. Um, so it's not that difficult to teach them the word of God. You, all you have to do, just like in homeschooling, all you have to do is just stay one chapter ahead of them and you're, you already know more than they do. That's it. And pray. Let the Lord give you the answers to whatever questions they may have. So what are we supposed to do? What are we going to, to do in the midst of all this darkness that's just looming over us? I, I heard Kirk Cameron say, uh, by the way, he was there at the convention, uh, but Kirk Cameron said, and I quote, uh, Do we just hunker down and pray, Lord, come rapture us now? While we sob, crying with our face, 
with our face in our Chick-fil-A soup, unquote. Are we supposed to just that, do that? Because I know we often pray this. I, I pray this, Lord, just come for us. Maranatha, come quickly. But are we just supposed to stay and sit be, you know, inside these four walls of the church, hunker down and, and hope all for the best? And week after week after week, repeat the same thing over and over and over. And God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. We'll see you next week. And then all over again. What are we supposed to do? Some of you are veterans. Some of you served. Some of you may be active military right now. Look at where we're at, the VFW, right? Military. We're military city USA. Now, some of you who served or are serving, thank you very much. I do hold respect for y'all. I didn't serve because at the time when I wanted to, to sign up, I was an illegal immigrant. Illegal now they're just saying immigrants, they're not. But I went through the process, but at the time I wasn't able to join the military because of my status. But I thank you for all of you who have served. I know at least in our church there's, there's, there's a couple who have served. And I know you, Pastor Mike, has served. Thank you. But when you were at the forefront, and I'm putting this on y'all too, I'm sorry. When you were at the forefront of the battles, because I've heard some stories from y'all when you were in Vietnam. You defended our country, you defended our freedom, our liberty, to do this, exactly this, what we're doing this morning. But was that it? Are you now just going to retire and say, well, I'm too old? I know some of you are older already. Uh, is that it? What about our, our, our children who are still at home? What about our great, great, great grandchildren who are coming behind us? The generation behind us. This is the fire that, I, that the Lord ignited inside of me, that, you know, not too long ago when I, and I shared this with the church. I was praying by myself at the church, preparing for a study, and the Lord spoke to me. I'm like, wait, what, what did you just say, Lord? And he was preparing me. He's been preparing me for what's next, at least for, for, for me and my family and for the congregation. The battle doesn't only belong to those children that are coming right behind us. Yes, they will have their opportunity to to face the enemy but while we're still here the responsibility is still on us in the book of Genesis we our church we're going through the book of Genesis and recently we covered the, the chapter 25 where Moses is already dying and he's, he gets buried but in the book of Genesis chapter 25 it says that he lived to be 175 years 175 years and I know that back then people still lived longer than we do now right However, what I took notice here and what I pointed out to our church is that it says that he died full of years. That means that he was still serving the Lord to the very end. He had vitality still, strength, and he was faithful because the Bible calls him the friend of God. And he was still serving until the very last breath. I often point this out too to our church. Where do you see in the Bible that somebody retired? They're in the battle. They're in the field. They're serving until the very last breath that they take. And I know, again, because of health conditions, some of us need to step away. I know we, we recently, Calvary Chapel buried one of the pastors who had to step away because of health conditions. He could no longer stand or be able to breathe. 
So he did retire for that reason, otherwise he would have still kept going. I heard a story by, uh, uh, I can't remember who told the story, but then I looked it up and it's actual true factual history. This did take place um, during the Viking era in England. And this is the story of uh, King Alfred who ruled during the late 800s, 800 AD. And in this, in this his, his story, he had been fending off, defending his country against the ravage of, of, of the Viking Guthrum. You can look it up, Google it, you know. I, I don't think they, they teach this in history anymore, sad to say. But during this time, the Viking leader, Guthrum, had been ravaging the countries. And, and King Alfred had been able to, to fend off these Vikings for several years until finally he almost defeated King Alfred. However, they thought that they had killed King Alfred. What he actually did was he, he took his family in, in a secret time and in a secret place still in his kingdom and he went, he retreated. But shortly after, he started sending King Alfred, started sending um, secret messages to the remaining men of, of the country preparing them saying let's meet together for one last battle and he planned a day when they were going to meet so the bible not i'm sorry not the bible but history book says that there were about five thousand men that he they were able to gather now they didn't have weapons as we we think you know vikings did have these were common villagers so they were able to bring whatever pitchforks, whatever they could uh pull out and so they gathered together and strategically, they started cutting off supplies to Guthrum and killing off his, uh, his military without them knowing who was doing this. And finally, they all, these 5,000 men with King Alfred at the forefront, went ahead to face off Guthrum and his horde of Vikings. And finally, they were able to break through King Alfred and his men and defeated Guthrum and the, and the Vikings. Now Guthrum, it says that he wasn't killed, but he went off in hiding, and eventually King Alfred caught up to him, and in the custom of the time, what they would have done in that time is that they would behead that leader in front of, of, of the people. But what King Alfred did, because he was a, a, a God-fearing man, what he did, he gave him grace. And what he did, he spared his life, and told them, if you served my God, if you serve my God, then I'll spare your life. I'll forgive you. Which, of course, he did. And so he became, uh, he became Christian, and he was also baptized by King Alfred. But see, these men, these were the men who had everything to lose, literally. They had everything to lose. Their families, their livelihood, everything and they didn't care if they lost their lives. Now that may seem so far away, you know, years, years, years ago, but something very similar happened in Mexico. How many of you remember when, when the avocados got really expensive? You know, went to HEB or Walmart, there was cars, there was very, only a few and they were very expensive. I think it was like almost $4 per avocado one time. Well, the reason that was, the, the story behind this, and this is true, that in Mexico, the biggest, crop 
or the biggest you know producer of, of, of avocado their farms were overtaken by the mafia in Mexico the uh, the drug lords because they wanted to you know grow their own drugs and so what the the owner of this biggest crop together with other owners got together sent off their families and he said I can't remember his name said those of you who want to fight come join me we're not going to get out of this alive he did say that but they paid they, they were able to send their families with enough money to survive to other parts of the country and they faced up the drug lords and of course the story is that they died but they too had everything to lose and they wanted to defend their livelihood we men we we have everything to lose our children we just dedicated a baby think about that baby that her life could be you know taken away if we allow now I'm not saying go and protest in, in burned down places that's not what I'm saying I'm saying men we need to stand up for our families pray 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 and act read the Bible teach them the Bible defend our families when somebody's speaking about wokeism or you know don't just cower behind speak up take a stand the Bible specifically says take a stand when you have stood stand some more defend take a stand um, this past Tuesday speaking about military this past Tuesday do you remember who or do you know what happened this past Tuesday in history See what I'm talking about history? D-Day, June 6, Tuesday, 1944. Do you all know what D-Day is, Normandy? This is what, what changed the course of this battle, World War II. Because thousands and thousands of young boys, and I emphasize boys because some of them were 16, 17, not even 18 years old, faked their birthdays to be able to defend this country and as they were landing in the beaches of, of Normandy forgive me because I, I'm getting emotional because I have a young boy and I could imagine he would have been one of those boys there and so they were defending this country our freedom our liberty and if you know a little bit about history you have seen the movies what were they doing as soon as they were getting off? They were being shot to death there. But they went unafraid to face this enemy of ours who's threatening to take over our country. And let me bring it home a little bit closer. Gonzalez, has anybody visited Gonzalez just not too far from here? About an hour and some change east of here. You know, come and take it. Who has heard those words? Come and take it. In Gonzalez, you know, my, my family and I have gone to uh, in October, October 2nd, this is when it actually happened, uh, to visit, to, do, to see the reenactment of uh, uh, Gonzalez, the Battle of Gonzalez, when again, boys, because there's a monument there that gives the names of those boys and the ages. The youngest one that I saw there was 10 years old, who fought against the Mexican army who wanted to take over Texas. Then a few months later, those survivors of this battle in Gonzales came down to San Antonio, 
the Alamo. And he still defended the Alamo, those boys. You know, Coro Gonzalez, look it up. Look up the history. Look at the names and, and, and those who, who were there who died. Go to, go to the Alamo and look up the names of the people and the ages of these people, these young boys who defended this country, who defended us. We need courageous men and women now. Both men and women, we need people who are courageous to be able to face the enemy. Yes, first of all, ma, I mean, uh, dads, us. We need to be at the forefront of all this onslaught against our families. We need to get into the battle. We need to get into the gospel. Teach them the gospel, the children. We need to get dirty. You know, I say this often uh, as a joke, especially recently when, because uh, I'm about to start a group for young men, teaching them to be honorable, to respect and, and defend their country, to also have fear, a healthy fear of the Lord, to have chivalry, to be able to respect their mom and defend women. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> but I'm about to start this group teaching these, bo these boys, whoever wants to join. Um, and, I, and I went to talk to, to several people yesterday about continuing with this, this group because I can no longer sit back and just wait for somebody, maybe somebody to do this. I can pray all day long, but now I need, that's where I was going. I need to get dirty. I need to get dirty. I need to get in the midst of this. That I can no longer wait for somebody to say, well, pastor, I'll pray about it. And I'll pray about it. And three, four, five years later, I'm still praying Lord, you know, to the Lord. No, I'm not praying about it. I'm doing it. I'm standing up. How? And this is how I started. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But the Lord put all these people in front of me. Boom, boom, boom. It all started lining up. And like, whew, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. But I'm still moving forward with this. We're supposed to be fortifying these young adults. We're supposed to be teaching, preparing. Teach them and prepare them in the way they should go. So when they grow old, they shall return to it. But also we're preparing them now. If you are sending your children to be little missionaries in, in the public you know, schools... That's your decision. I'm not trying to insult anybody. Understand, again, this is the heart of a father, also the perspective of a pastor. Because we, the church, have taken a back seat, honestly. If we are honest with each other, we have taken a back seat. And we're waiting for the rapture. Lord, come. Yes, come, Lord. Oh, let's pray about it. Let's see Chick-fil-A and sing Kumbaya. Seriously, that's what we've been doing. As a church in general, I'm not speaking specifically about anybody, but as a church in, in general. But we need to be defending the faith, our faith. What does that mean? Turn to the book of Romans chapter 1. We need to be defending our families, our children. In Romans chapter 1, Paul speaking, verse 16 says, for I, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. 
For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's you and I. You and I are not to be ashamed of the faith. I know sometimes we were like, oh, I'm a Christian. You know, we whisper. Or, or when we're at work, you know, we, we sit down and we pray quietly. You know, don't nobody see, look at me. Or even at school, young, young kids who, who go to high school, you know, they, they sit in the corner and they quietly they pray. We shouldn't be afraid. Look at what the enemy is doing, how loudly they're screaming into their faces. You know, the flags are being flown everywhere. You know, not too long ago in one, you know, one of these uh, charter schools, and, and I know this because this happened in, in, to one of our congregants in our church, this young man, you know, call his dad, dad, come pick me up because this is what's happening at our school. You know, the cross-dressing, in other words, what were they doing? The, the alphabet soup day was happening that day. He was unaware. Why? But don't open the Bible. Don't talk about God because then you are the enemy. We are not the enemy. We're not the enemy. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 